2,000-year-old failed slave revolt is an unlikely subject for a Hollywood blockbuster, but that's exactly what we have with Spartacus. In 1960, Kirk Douglas and Stanley Kubrick got together with a bunch of snail-eating communists and told an epic tale of resistance, popular revolt, and tragedy in the late Roman Republic. It's the only film where Kubrick didn't have complete creative control. That leaves it a bit ragged in places, but there are so many stellar performances by seasoned actors like Peter Ustinov, Charles Lawton, and Laurence Olivier that it still entertains for all three hours. I'm not sure whether it's snails or oysters that are safe to eat, but I know we're good with the kind of sweet white wine that the Romans imbibed. So get a bottle of something schmaltzy. It's time for episode 22 of Toasting the Classics, Spartacus. Welcome, everybody, to episode, I think it's 21. This will be 22. As 22. It's yeah, because okay. we uh, skipped a week last week. We were right. supposed to do Spartacus and didn't get it in. So That's okay. Yeah. Because we're back. Uh, yep. I'm Clint Lanier. Dave MacArthur. And we are Toasting the Classics. Toasting the Classics, the podcast where we take a classic, read it or watch it, or whatever you do to it, <laughs> have a drink related to that classic, and then decide <laughs> whether it's night, a classic. Your own home, that yeah. classic, that's your own that, business. That's right, that's right. We don't we don't ask questions. As long as it's a transitive verb that you can do to that's, the classic, then, <laughs> that's, then we're good. Well, today we are um, exploring one of Dave's choices. One of my choices, something I've never seen before. And last time I said it was about the second Servile War. I'm sorry. I want to apologize before we get a flood of emails. It's the third Servile War. Uh, you like know, the film. I was going to say something. Yeah, well, yeah. Thank you for not embarrassing me and letting uh, me know. look it up for myself. Right. It's the film Spartacus, Stanley mm-hmm. Kubrick movie, 1960. Right. Um, I've seen tons of Kubrick movies. Closely based on real life. I mean, to the T based you know, on real life. The more I read, uh-huh. like I, I was watching it and they'd mention a character. I'd be like, wait. That guy had been dead for like 50 years. What are, what are they talking <laughs> Timeline about? Timeline doesn't you know? quite work. No, it doesn't work at all. Let's back so. up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll get um, into some of that later on. But Dave is bleary-eyed right now, so we're, I'm going to have to uh, be gentle with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just flew in from— Is that a reference to the hot tub scene? Is uh, that uh, yeah, okay. Well, you know, right. we'll get to that. Oysters and snails. Yeah, but, uh, oysters and snails. But uh, where'd you where'd you? I think I like from? snails better. Wait, which one is <laughs> Wait, which? What? Non-metaphorically speaking. Non-metaphorically speaking. Definitely. So, well, where, right. where did you where did you come in from? Let's I just got in. If you can believe it, we were in Curacao yesterday. Curacao. Um, right. So we stayed in Miami Beach, which last is the main night, ingredient in a blue Hawaiian. Just so you know. Wow. Brought home a bottle of blue Curacao. Nice. So it's very cheap there. I'm uh, sure it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it's, think it's really made there, is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Really yeah. Blue, yeah blue Curacao is definitely a local product. We've oh. had lots of cocktails with oh, okay. blue Curacao in it. So. How, and you were there how long? Uh, we were there about a week okay. for a wedding. You live a much different life than I do. See, my, my family, <laughs> this my, is my, not that way my cousins, I'm exhausted. My cousins would, would be in some backwood, yeah. you know, hatch. They, they might pay true. for our gas to yeah. go there. Right. Hatch, New Mexico or something like that, right. which actually, you know, has a great burgers, green, green chili there. That's absolutely true. Like but in any case. Got to give Sparky's a shot. <laughs> in any case, not, not going to the Caribbean no. or, or Caribbean for that matter. Uh, Caribbean, I say now because we. I know a Jamaican guy yeah. lives here, and he's very pointedly was like, it's has pronounced Caribbean. It has an accent. Caribbean, you know, I was like, yeah. okay, Caribbean. I'm definitely. We don't have an accent. You know, well, I guess to them, we have an accent. Good. Everybody has an accent. So real quick, so uh-huh. you're in Curacao. Curacao, right? Curacao. That and uh, the last show that you and I taped. Where were you for that one? You were. Oh, I was in Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right, right, right. And then the last show before that, you yeah, it's were been in, um, it's been an absolutely insane. Washington, so. D- I was in D- I was in Virginia. Yeah, 
then before that, you just gotten back I from Hawaii. I just got back from Hawaii. Yeah, right. that was the trip for my family for the summer was Hawaii. So this is the life you guys so. want to lead, okay? Oh, I don't know. Holding down the fort. He's yeah. jet-setting. Yeah. He's wearing. He's right. actually wearing a white tux, which is really weird. It's a yeah, white tux. Yeah, it is kind of weird you know, to come it's, back it's, wearing that. I look, I look like Tom Hanks and Big. <laughs> or Sean Connery. Yeah. You know, oh, Sean Connery in? In, in, in uh, well, any of the movies where he's wearing the tuxedo. Oh, he's wearing a white tux. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so well, welcome welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the States. Right. Stateside. Is it, is it, is it British Virgin Islands? Or Netherlands it, Antilles. Netherlands so, Antilles. Oh, but wow, weirdly okay. enough, they still use the Dutch Gilder. Interesting. Which I was like, expect, I was expecting Euros, Euros when I got yeah. there, but they have some sort of a tenuous That's relationship. That's even better. That's even I better. I think it's cool that they're yeah. using Gilders, yeah. That's Didn't get to see any, but like, you, you know, that, your electronic transactions are denominated in Gilders. Is that what they use in Princess Bride? Don't they send, say Gilders? That's the name of the country. It's the country is Florin and Gilder, Gilder which yeah, are both true. kinds of, of currency. Currency, yeah, there's Florin. Florin, right. And the, so. yeah, Gilder, yeah, interesting. That's for switches. That. So did you have to use a passport? Just out of curiosity. I did. Okay. I did have to use All a passport. Right. All this COVID, you know, bureaucracy and stuff yeah. like that. It was a nightmare. We missed our flight because of the bureaucracy. Yeah. And we actually had to get flights. We had to pay for flights, even though the cousin had bought us oh, flights. And she, she wouldn't They also she wouldn't spring for... Karina, Karina had to go last minute, mm. ended up in Philadelphia. Okay. So she joined us in Dallas, had a ticket from El Paso all the way, right? Mm. So because she joined us in Dallas, they canceled her entire ticket. Oh, my gosh. Because she didn't show up for the El Paso leg. I told them what was going on. They yeah. just canceled it out. Oh, my gosh. Then they also <laughs> changed our flight back to Aruba. They're like, you wouldn't mind flying back from Aruba. I'm like, yes, I would because I'm not in <laughs> I'm Aruba. Not it's in like Aruba, a whole yeah. other island. <laughs> right, I had yeah. no idea how to get crap, But the resort, but right when, when we got there, it was very nice. Yeah. Had a lot of snorkeling and things cool. like that. And that was very pleasant. Cool. So. I was here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, well, you just was... went to Disney World. Yeah. I, I'm sure you feel relaxed and like oh, a big vacation God. for having gone to Disney World. I've never stood Plus, in line. Plus, it's cheap. I've never it's stood so in line. so cheap. Yes. It's so enjoyable it is. for adults. No, food is nothing there. What a wonderful trip for a grown man to go on. They give away water. You know, oh, bottles they, of water. Do yeah, they actually for, give away water? Yeah, for five dollars each, they oh, give yeah, away right, bottles of water. Right. We could have had actually, if we'd carried a cistern with us, we could have had all the water we wanted. It but, rained. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I just flew over a Category Four hurricane today. You did going from Miami yeah. to Dallas. Man, kind of. Yeah. I noticed they were going by like Little Rock, so I think we actually did fly farther north right, than over, we otherwise yeah. would have. But well, hearts go out to to those. To everybody in in the coast right now. Yeah, the this coast. is the this, this is, is the anniversary today, August yeah, 29th. Crazy? Is the anniversary of Absolutely Katrina, crazy. which is definitely a day burned into my memory. Yeah, that's, I was there at the time. Right. So, well, actually, we got out of town. We yeah. we evacuated, but I was living in New Orleans when that happened, and so I'm keeping an eye on what's going to happen with the storm because right. it's not the storm. Although this storm is actually worse. Yeah, that's this what is I've heard. the Cat Four. Yeah, as it hits the city from what Katrina was three. Katrina was a one by the time no. it hit land. Was by it the really? time it actually hit the city. But it's just that the, le- the So the city was not failed, damaged huh? terribly badly. Yeah. Um, I had friends that actually stayed in the Superdome, mm. woke up in the morning at 6 in the morning and asked the guards, they're like, hey, the uh, storm's cleared, can we go? And they were like, yeah, I guess so. If you have a car, sure, they let them drive out of the city. Mm. And the levee broke like 30 minutes later. Jeez. And that's when everything the fit hit the sham. This is a tangent. We'll save this, this for the bar. This is a tangent. This sometime. is not about the uh, Let's talk about second Servile War, third Servile War. Let's talk about, about, shirtless, about the shirtless first one. Let's talk about shirtless men. Yeah, exactly. Very well built shirtless men. Do you like movies men. about gladiators? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, Did you ever wonder where that, that line came from, by the way, from Airplane? Is it related to something else? You mean just talking about? Just talking about this. In general. I mean, did, yeah, yeah. Did, right, you, right, did you ever right. wonder? You know what's funny is I'd never seen Clueless. 
Okay. Uh, and I watched it last week, uh, a week and a half ago. Right. And she's t- like hanging out with the guy, and he yeah. brings over Spartacus with <laughs> yeah. Tony Curtis and stuff. And I was like, oh, weird. I totally understand what they're talking about. Right. Now, now yeah. That scene wasn't in the original release in 1960, though, no. was it? No, right. it wasn't. No. And so, it, and, and, and it was so much not in the release right. that it had to be like redubbed. Yes. And yeah. Tony Curtis redubbed it. And Lawrence Olivier is dead. And uh, you know who redubbed it? I do. Who? Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Sir, Sir Anthony Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. He does a great Sir Lawrence Olivier. Right. Yeah. Apparently, he was in the theater with him and did a great impression. Yeah. So I felt like I could hear it. Could you? I was kind of like listening for it, and I was thinking, oh, am I hearing Anthony Hopkins' voice yeah. right now? Probably... It feels like I am, but I'm prob- I did, probably. I, I totally missed it because I, did, I didn't read that detail in afterwards. Yeah, I try not yeah, to yeah. read all that stuff until afterwards because it gives me a different perspective. It that totally way. does. Yeah. I read. A f- I don't remember where I picked that up. It wasn't on purpose for right. the research for this. It was something else that I'd seen. So about should it. should we do real quick? Should we do? A, you want to do a quick sum up of the movie? Uh, yeah, sure, for, sure, sure. That might so, not hurt, uh, um, so this is a a Stanley Kubrick joint. Um, from 1960, um, it is the story of a slave named Spartacus who becomes a gladiator, uh, basically gets chosen because he looks like a, like he'd be good at being a gladiator, gets involved in an uprising, they, they escape, they fight a war against the Romans. Uh, this is in 73 B.C., so it's the Roman Republic, not the Empire. Um, there's all kinds of stuff wrong with the way that was depicted, but whatever. I actually kind of, in general, think they did a pretty good job. So so, so there's a several battles against the Romans. Uh, they, you know, some incompetent generals go against them because they don't respect the slave army. Uh, we see lots of wide pastiches of, like, you're sort of, and I think it's because of the time, like, very people's army, uh, 60s revolution, like, oh, look at the people in, in arms and stuff like that. And then uh, it all goes goes south for Spartacus. Uh, they are betrayed by the by the pirates that are supposed to rescue them with a fleet. Who saw that coming? Gave right. a whole bunch gave a whole bunch of treasure to pirates. Pirates are usually very upstanding people. You would think so. I mean, if you can't trust a pirate, yeah, who are you gonna trust? Especially a Silesian pirate. Who especially a Silesian pirate wearing eyeliner. Looking right. a lot like Johnny Depp in a later movie. That's interesting. Yeah, That's an interesting take. That. You think uh, maybe there's a little bit of a connection there? In between him and Keith Richards, I think. I so think not, to, not to get off track from the synopsis, but there's a lot of films that I now understand way more yeah. having seen Spartacus <laughs> right. now. I was like, oh, right. this is Braveheart's complete yeah, rip exactly. of yeah. this movie. Yeah, from, absolutely. It, which, well, yeah. I, we could talk about that later. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so Spartacus gets captured. Uh, everybody gets crucified. Um, there's a famous sequence where nobody will rat him out for being Spartacus, which I'd like to talk about later because I don't know if I get that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Spartacus is crucified on camera, which was also, I think, cut from the original version. He was dead when she saw him in the original version. Okay. Um, they thought that was too much. The The battle in the middle, the, there's really only the one big battle, right? Yeah, that you see. I mean, there's um, really the other things kind of off screen. There's there's some. Well, I mean, so the the one scene where uh, the one where they they sneak into the it was the the two Roman right. legions uh, or from Rome the the uh, yeah, garrison from Rome. Glaubus or Glaucus yeah. or which, whatever. When they defeat him, he forgets to set up a stockade around right. his camp, which is uh, um, a big no no. All they really show is them actually in the camp. Right. Everything's yeah, already turning, on fire. Turning He's him captured. Hole, so. Really, the only big battle is the one uh, where Crassus shows up and gets all the Roman armies together, which is accurate. Yes. Crassus is the guy who defeated Spar- Spartacus, and it was a big deal. It actually ended up being uh, how he became famous, how he ended up in the triumvirate with right. Caesar and, uh, and uh, 
Oh my goodness, Pompey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pompey, so yeah. That's the synopsis, essentially. Okay. It's the history. There's lots of quibbles and details, okay. um, which are the best thing about the movie and the least historically right. accurate part of the movie is there's a lot of things. Well, do we want to focus on the historic, the, the, like the real historic stuff? or Because the, the movie itself is a historic kind of thing, right? Supposedly. But yeah. there's some, there's some, there's a, a really big detail is that Gracchus is a big character and Gracchus yeah. was murdered in, I think, 121 BC, the younger of the two Gracchi mm-hmm. brothers. Uh, and he seems to be the character. Yeah. He seems to be the leader of the populares. He's the guy who's like in favor of giving land to the peasants and things like that. Um, but he's kind of an interesting, just rewritten character. I yeah. really like that actor. Yeah. Um, Lawton, Charles Lawton. Yeah. I thought he was great. As Gracchus, um, I think it's. I don't actually think Kirk Douglas sets the world on fire in this movie. <laughs> no, um, that the critics didn't like him. No, at all. but Laurence Olivier as Crassus is awesome. Um, Charles Lawton is great. The guy who plays Caesar is pretty good. He doesn't do a whole lot, but he's just like he looks the part. I think really well. Looks like somebody's going off to yeah, conquer right. goal. You know, like he, he didn't really do anything after this movie, though. I, I don't I looked him think up, so. I never yeah, really I didn't, seen yeah. Peter Ustinov. Peter Ustinov is Ustinov. great. Yeah, yeah, that's he right. Won that's an right. Academy He's Award. He's my other favorite guy. Uh, Did he win uh, Best Actor? Best, best Supporting. Yeah, yeah Best obviously. Supporting yeah, Actor. Right. He was fantastic. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. And uh, <laughs> there's that one line. There's a line at the very beginning. Where they're in the uh, the rock quarry, and he's looking for right. for um, you know new s- slaves to to buy for to become gladiators. And he has his carrier, and his carrier's got like an umbrella. Yeah, the sun's he, over there. Yeah, he says, <laughs> he says, oh, well, the sun is over there. It works. It works when it's, <laughs> it's yeah. some yeah, yeah. some some little stupid throwaway yeah, line. Yeah, he's it good. Cra- he's good. Cracked I liked me him up, a lot. You know, I liked him a lot. Uh, I think the casting casting was. Uh, generally good. I didn't expect a member of Kiss to be in it. Gene Simmons playing the love interest. That was a little joke. Oh, Come on, that was got good. it. Got it. I understand now. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, Kirk Douglas. There's uh, an interesting part. Was all of the Romans were English, and all the all the gladiators with were American. Few were, exceptions. Were American with few exceptions. Yeah. Gene Simmons. He originally didn't want because he has a, has a British accent. Right. Yeah. He wanted an American actress because. All the basically right. the good guys are yeah. supposed to be American, which is the thing they use in Star Wars too. Right, all the rebels are American, so they got rid of that later on in the series. But right. in the original films, they do the same thing because it makes them seem bad. Yeah, if they're British. Well, British, all yeah, it's just okay, kind of bad whatever. Accent, right? You know, uh, except for Darth Vader. Yeah, so that's the movie directed, as I said, by Stanley Kubrick, which mm-hmm. um, might be really shocking to a lot of people that he would. His uh, early stuff this. is pretty different, right? I yeah. mean, I've never seen Paths of Glory. Which now that I've seen Spartacus, I think I might have seen just about everything except Paths of Glory mm-hmm. and Eyes Wide Shut. Somehow, never saw. Yeah, that. I've, never, I've never seen that either. Um, but this one does not have, at least to my untrained eye, the stamp. Well, apparently, this is Stanley the only Kubrick, movie like, he never had full control of. Right, right, and exactly. that, that I think that shows to bugged me. the heck out of him. Like he didn't yeah. have control of casting. Mm-hmm. He was brought on after the fact. Um, there was another producer or uh, director, other that was right. fired. Um, I can't remember his name, but yeah. But he had directed another Kirk. Um, he did Douglas, and then film. Kirk Douglas felt so bad about firing the guy from this that he brought him back to do another picture right. with him later. I think it was um, like, I, it, the the Van Gogh movie. Is that what it was? A Lust for Life or something be. like that? Could be that. That vaguely um, sounds. I, th- correct. I think that I think he did something like that, and then um, and he was like the director for a week, and Douglas was like, no. Nah. You're gone. Yeah. <laughs> but in Kubrick, because he did the uh, other movie with Kubrick. Right. Um, Kubrick wanted more control. Douglas was the executive producer, so he's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, he had say on pretty much everything Douglas did, casting and so forth, just quite a bit. 
1960. Yeah. You know, he'd done quite a few movies, but... He was a big actor. At the he had time. a lot of juice, yeah. He was in a whole yeah. bunch of... He was in a whole bunch of those Disney adventure movies right. and stuff like that. Um, uh, he was... I uh, can't think of what else, though. He was in, like, The Vikings. Oh, he was uh, 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea. 20,000 yeah. 20, Leagues Under 20, the Sea is the one I was thinking yeah, of, yeah. 10,000 Leagues. That's all right. You don't yeah. have to go the whole way. I don't even know... You know what I realized when what? I was an adult about that? Hmm. I was like, the sea's not that deep. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, they're driving yeah, that yeah, far into the. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that just completely threw me off. <laughs> I could right. never figure that. I was like, did people not know how deep the ocean was right, back then? Right. Like, is that the problem? But, but there's so much, so much to the making. I mean, there's so many backstories and inside yeah. stories. Uh, the fact that the this basically broke the blacklist in right. Hollywood, right. the McCarthy era mm-hmm. communist blacklist. Yep. Uh, Trumpo is that the guy's name? No. Trumbo. 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 Uh, the writer, mm-hmm. uh, originally was not going to be given credit. He was going to use a pseudonym mm-hmm. or a pen name that he'd used before uh, because he refused to give up other, mm-hmm. you know, refused to give up communists or whatever during the McCarthy trial. So they blacklisted him as a communist. So he uh, kind of had to go incognito when he wrote. Um, but Kirk Douglas said, no, let's give him credit. Mm-hmm. Gave him credit. Um, and then between that and then JFK going to see the right. movie. right. Broke the blacklist. It's like no more blacklist mm-hmm. anymore. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I saw it, went to go see it at DC. Um, yeah, that's right. Which that's I right. read it and it was like, it said President Kennedy went mm-hmm. to see it. Right. I was like, wait, he wouldn't have been president in 1960. He was elected yeah. in 19... And they said, no, it was it was February 1961 by the time he went to go see mm-hmm. it. And that's just such a big difference with the way movies are done today. Yeah. Is that they put them out. And they were out for months and months. And no, months yeah, and they, they were just they were, raking money. They were, at, they were, yeah, they were out forever. Like yeah. they they would, you know, have a theater, but they would contract a theater. Right. You know, like basically buy out a theater, put our movie in it for yeah. A well, year, now people year are, they're doing that again. Disney's doing that now uh, with their Marvel pictures and mm-hmm. stuff. They literally will threaten not to let the, the movie theater run a movie mm-hmm. if they don't put it on for a certain number of weeks and a really? certain number of screens. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit back to the old days where there's like one big tentpole movie. I don't mind that um, so much. I you mean, know, my, my, I don't have the biggest home system or anything, but it's good enough for a lot of the crud that you see yeah. in the theaters, you yeah, know? That's and, true. and I'd rather, I'd rather reserve the theater for like a really big thing, like an epic thing. That's you know? true. I get a lot out of watching a movie at a theater with other people, though. Yeah, I, like, well, well, we were talking about this on the last episode, like going down to Rio Grande mm-hmm. and they play old movies. Sure. And I just enjoy it 20 times more than yeah, I but, have. But, you those, know, a long but time. It's, a, it's a different experience because of the Rio Grande Theater. This is like an old, you know, 1920s era theater that we have here locally, uh, right. listeners. Um, so that, you know, that you're, you're kind of crowded in, I mean, Tiny little seats. Those are the seats from yeah. 1920. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Wooden seats that you're you're sitting on somebody's lap practically. They weren't made for, let's say, the physiques of modern of the yeah. 2000s. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I would have been a great big chubby beast <laughs> right, in the 20s. Right. And uh, that versus the new newest theater that we have in town has these big lazy boy recliners, you know, and uh, and there's about two feet of room on either side of you because of these mm-hmm. huge arm cushions, yeah. and your own t- private table. And yeah, definitely. All that well, stuff. They charge more, and it's it is a they better experience more. to go. Well, to it's it's you, you it's know. an event, yeah. right? And actually, I think it was Spielberg and Lucas. I remember um, they're at USC, and uh, they were kind of having like a forum for the students mm-hmm. or something, and they were talking about this, and that's when Spielberg kind of revealed. This is not too long ago, maybe like ten years ago. Spielberg revealed that he couldn't get anybody to buy Lincoln. Um, and originally it was going to be an HBO movie before he finally got, you know, a, a studio to, to buy and distribute the movie. Huh. 
And, and it was already made at the time? Or? Yeah, he was there just wow. trying to figure out what to do with it. And, uh, and that's when they both kind of agreed that the days of traditional movie theaters, like what we think of maybe 80s, 90s, 70s, mm. those are gone. It's going to go back to more like the 30s and 40s, which you had big, huge movies. It was a big event. Right. You had fewer of them, yeah. but they were like more event-like things. And they're going to be become, become more expensive. I feel like we talked about this on the podcast before, but we had Maybe. a theater in New Orleans a couple of blocks away from me called the Britannia Theater. Yeah. I, I, and they I'm would just have one yeah. movie at a time. Mm-hmm. And I did not care what they were playing. Right. It was just such a great place to go see a movie. Is it like an art house? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it wouldn't be an art house, but they would just pick mm-hmm. the weirdest stuff. I remember we went and they were playing like the film adaptation of Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Which I never would have gone to see. Right. But I like, I went and I was like, all right, whatever. I like, I like going to the movie theater. Was it like a theater. cheap movie? Uh, I, th- I think it might have. I'm not. I'm not remembering whether it was officially like second run. If you know, okay. not second yeah. run, but you know, like a little later in the mm-hmm. run. I, but I don't think so. I think they would just pick one random movie right. and play it. Um, I saw a National Treasure there again. Not something I would have right. seen in the movie right. theater otherwise. But it was just so nice. There's a balcony and like the mm-hmm. curtains open. It's just an old timey theater. I just, I just am a sucker for that. Like, what's cool is a lot whatever. of those theaters. Like I saw. I remember seeing uh, Rear Window. Mm-hmm. In um, the Castro Theater in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And, and uh, it was made for those really big epics like Spartacus. You know, those right. really long, I don't, I don't know what they shot it on, but those huge. I think they um, said that it was on 70 millimeter, if that sounds right, and that Kubrick was not, was not happy with that at first. It was too big. I think he converted it or he, something he, like he that. He wanted something else. There was some but it's the same, like, you know, Star Wars was shot on that. And, and uh, yeah. You know, like I don't think Braveheart was, but like those. Well, what's those the one Lawrence of Arabia is on? Yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. That's the really like big that. one. That's yeah. the one. There's not not a whole lot of movies were ever done that way. But that's um, what the theaters were made for. Yeah, these huge, sure. huge screens. You know, sure. And uh, you kind of need that for this movie. You know, you've got those long sweeping shots, almost like a John Ford mm-hmm. yeah, movie. Definitely, you know? definitely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of big shots. I was thinking. I was mentally comparing it to Patton yeah. because there's that bit where we were looking right, we were like, right. there's not enough tanks. <laughs> yeah. It's like a tiny little, and there was a, there was a bit where there was a whole lot of horses and guys going mm-hmm. across the field. And I was like, well, it looks pretty, right. that looks like a large, you know, like slave army. Like yeah. A, and there, the bit where they do the final battle at the end and the Romans are coming up the mm-hmm. hill and marching mm-hmm. and lining up and stuff. I was like that. I mean, I have never actually participated in an ancient battle, but <laughs> that looks right to Look me. Pretty, that's not that's not like that's not yeah. throwing me off. It looks like hundreds and hundreds of men. I'm yeah. kind of like casually counting like how many legions it looks like sure. there are, and it looks like several legions worth of men. I'm like, right. okay, I can I can dig that. That's I like the formations that they're doing. Yeah, the cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very stuff. cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Apparently, that was all real. I mean, those are like real formations. Yeah, they got Spanish soldiers um, right? who trained and marched in formation and stuff. I don't know whether they would have been accurate, obviously, to Romans mm-hmm. of that time. You know, we're like just past the just past the reforms that were made by Marius, where he started using cohorts and legions and things like that. So I don't, I, I can't really say it's not a manipular legion, so they don't move the same way. But it was definitely. I was looking at it, thinking the numbers seemed right, though. Mm-hmm. They always do this in movies, and this is maybe just part of what happens when you film. But the battle itself never looks right. Right. It it just devolves into a a melee. Yeah. And I'm like— Just mayhem. The whole point of ancient battles is by the time that has happened, the battle's over. Right. Like that's—everyone's lost control of what's happening, and it's just whoever has more guys is going to lose. Well, I thought thought the Romans kept it together. 
You know, I mean, that was kind of the point, wasn't it? Yeah, they did, except they reacted really stupidly to the rolling fire things. Like, was, I was like, you don't, you don't yeah. get one over on the Roman army yeah, that way. They, that was ridiculous. It's like the whole the old story about it, Galgamela, when the, the Persians put scythes on the ends of their chariots mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and drove them at Alexander's troops. Mm-hmm. And that was terrifying to the people the Persians usually faced. But, like, Alexander's troops just kind of were like, oh, and they stepped aside and let the chariots go by and then and <laughs> and cut close the ranks. Persians yeah. to ribbons, you yeah. know. That's what the Romans, they'd be like, oh, there's a flaming thing. Let's yeah. just step aside. And, right. you know, but they're like running away from it and getting caught on fire. And I'm, they couldn't seem to time their jumps very well either. No, they, that they, was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I think every kid who's ever jumped rope could time jumping one of those. I think I probably could do ba- a little better. Rolling yeah. bales of Unless it was bouncing. Hay. That would make it trickier, which in real Maybe. life you think it would bounce as it came down the hill. That might make Maybe. it. Maybe. I was disappointed that people had to actually tow it. They were running in front of uh, yeah. towing it. Wouldn't you think of killing that guy? That's well, what I was thinking. The Romans were like looking at that guy, and I'm like, <laughs> you got a spear. I, I know. Well, they're looking so. at the guy, but then standing where the hay is right. and not where the guy is. Running Step with no aside, weapon. stab the guy with the thing. You know, and, the uh, guys are running next to the guy towing him. Also, I'm like, do your buddies a also, favor you and kill think, that. You would think there's this thing called gravity, which would take, I mean, the whole point of it being round and on fire is rolling it at people, God, like down a hill. It, uh, it looked cool. I don't really know how effective <laughs> of a was, weapon it would have been. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I remember, I remember silly, thinking yeah. how ridiculous that was. Yeah, anyway. definitely. Also, you could see it coming. <laughs> they, they were right. marching up. The Romans are marching up to those things. The guys are setting them on fire. I'm like... It's clear to me what's happening here. <laughs> right. Do you not see? What, what could they be doing? And all of a sudden, it catches on fire, and they go running away like they had no idea. Right. They're like, oh, right. I, I thought you guys were just in the middle of bailing up some hay here on the bay. You know, right. so, I don't know. They threw their spears constantly, which was mm. driving me crazy. Yeah. Like a it's Roman using them. Yeah. legionnaire with a you know six-foot-long spear does not chuck that. Yeah. Yeah, you you have a pilum that you throw right. that you can throw a spear, mm. but you do not throw the great big thing because then you don't have a weapon. Well, right. you have a gladius, you know, right. if it comes down to it. But Let's I see. I appreciated, that, I appreciated that little kid getting squirted in the face with milk from a goat. That that yeah, was that's hilarious. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I could not stop laughing. The, yeah, the the uh, there's a lot all, of all of the all of the uh, the peasant scenes throughout it. I was you know the over the top yes. romantic yes. peasant crap. Yes, I was like, oh, that's the stuff. I could be wrong. I haven't talked to Stanley Kubrick about okay. that. Okay, you might want to. But I'm thinking the melodramatic stuff like yeah. that and the goofy little lines. I'm guessing he had no control over that. Well, that seemed like typical that junky romantic like movies from Hollywood. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean that was. Absolutely. Kind of thing yeah. would happen in a Disney movie. Yeah, pretty you know? much. Like, yeah. like if you're watching one of those Davy Crockett movies, there'd be yeah a little line. So a kid gets squirted in the face with you know <laughs> with by a goat. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know? Yeah. So are you are you a cubic fan in general? Do you have, what, I do. Which of, uh, yeah. What do you like of his? What do you not like? Oh man, Clockwork Orange is one of my favorite movies. Right. Uh, I wasn't even thinking of ever. that. Ever. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That one is a fantastic one. Um, you know, I like The Shining. I do. Okay. Um, sure. Sure. Let's see, Full Metal Jacket obviously is up mm-hmm. there. 2001, you know, I appreciate 2001. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about this yeah. with Akira. I think, yeah, 2001 is a little, little bit of a snooze fest. Yeah, there's some really incredible imagery. There is like, no, that's why I said I appreciate you know, it and just the thought and the philosophy behind it. Yeah, and, you know, I, some I, of that's I, due to the seriously. book, but yeah, you know, but but I, yeah, I mean, it's it's just well, it's just really slow and mm-hmm. long, and I, you know, I. I you know, you got to give it props. Right. I kind of feel that way a little bit about The Shining, mm. a little slow. You know, but I but I get. It. I've watched it several times. I yeah. do. I do appreciate it as it a is, work of it art. It is. It is slow, but like the the scenes where you can, you know, it's slow because like he'll he'll pan out as somebody's walking across this huge room all by right. themselves to right. show the isolation and everything else. Sure. 
Uh, Doctor Strangelove. I don't see. I, don't I know, love I, that one. That I one. That's I, that's the one is rewatchable for me. I've I wouldn't know how, how to rank like them because they're all so different. They're very different. You know, they're super um, super different. And I don't. Even, there's probably some we're not thinking of off the top of our heads because there's. I saw Barry Lyndon. I actually enjoyed that. Um, but I, I enjoyed it the same way I enjoyed like these other ones we're talking about, which is like it's a beautiful work of art. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something I want to sit down and right. if it's on HBO, I'm not going to stop and like watch the yeah. rest of the movie. It's not like, like that I would, compelling. I would, show, I would show now, I would show my kids Dr. Strangelove. Sure, yeah. I, mean, I watched I would, that one with my dad when I was pretty I young. would wait a while to show a lot of the Clockwork others. Orange. Clockwork Orange, yeah. yeah, yeah Alex, Alex liked The Shining. Yeah, The Shining. And then he saw... Um, Ready Player One has a whole sequence mm. that's based on The Shining. And oh, he was is it? Like, okay. He was, like, really impressed with himself oh, for cool. getting the reference. Yeah. Like, he was pretty happy, so. Yeah, it's it's a lot different than the book. Um, shall we drink? We shall. What are we drinking? You can keep talking about it. Oh, okay. I, don't, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, um, but yeah, no, I think, I, think that, I think you're right about that. So where would you say, like, watching the movie, watching Spartacus, would, did you see a, a Kubrick thumbprint anywhere on it? The audacity of the picture in general, the size of what's going mm-hmm. on, and the vision that he usually has of each film. Mm-hmm. Like, each film is like the way you'd go about writing a novel, like, well-researched and just understands the period. And, like, you know, because that's what you talk about is, like, all those interiors of the Roman buildings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, everything just looks amazing. Yeah. You know, it really puts you where, mm-hmm. puts you, where you are um, because he just has a holistic vision for the, for the thing mm-hmm. that, that comes together. Uh, that's what I see. I mm-hmm. don't know enough technical film craft yeah. to be able to say a lot about shots and about what sort of film they're using and things like that. But in in terms of the scope of the movie, when they get away from the melodramatic stuff, which was kind of, dra- I think, drags the movie down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a vision to it that's really good. Makes and, it longer, too. Three and, and a half sort hours, of, they could have cut P- out. Peter Ustinov's like wit, the yeah. banter, you know, right. is, it reminds me of Dr. Strangelove, especially. Yeah. Right. It has that sort of... Um, well, Gracchus, too. Yeah. You know, his, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. His, his dialogue Absolutely. was fantastic, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I think, I, you know, I, I understand the historical part, mm-hmm. the, the problem, that it's problematic, but they needed somebody that represented a republic, and it was a republic versus empire right. and dictatorship right. and stuff. And so... Yeah, it's a little too, I guess... Early for Cicero, I think Cicero yeah. could have filled the role. Yeah. Although, no, that's the problem. Cicero's the other side. That's Cicero's right. yeah. the optimates, right? So that that wouldn't make sense. So they needed somebody that. So would, I get it. Would, yeah, it was, a, it was a good character to have. And there. I think you know so. there was a lot a lot of symbolism for what was going on at the time. I mean, the guy who wrote the book, Howard Fast. So Howard Fast, Howard Fast okay. wrote this book, I think, in prison, and I think he was one of the ones that was caught up in McCarthyism. And he was imprisoned for not naming names or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you really was, see those themes in the movie? I'm trying to remember. Well, I think it was like freedom of speech. And yeah, I mean, it was the people's people uprising, you know, rising up against a um, what they saw as a oppressive government or oppressive regime, right? I mean, kept I don't, him, kept I don't him think it's deniable. I mean, with symbolic, slavery, on the, sim- slavery on that kind of scale, I yeah. don't think there's any denying that symbolically this is, kept him in 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 bondage. I think and used him. And I think, I think, yeah. matter of fact, John Wayne, like, boycotted the movie, called it un-American, called it uh, communist. Just because Trumbo was involved? Communist or? propaganda. No, I think the symbolism. Okay, so there's, an, there's definitely an element of, of communist propaganda. Yeah. The People's Army and stuff right. like that is, like, 100% right. out of, like, Castro's mm-hmm. book and mm-hmm. Che Guevara and all those people like that. Right. But at that time, that probably seemed a lot more innocent. 
right? 1960, I, it's before Vietnam really I kicks don't, off. Well, I think he wrote in the 50s, though. And yeah. No, but I mean, this is like right in the middle of McCarthyism. I mean, that's, yeah. this is written as a response to that. No, I mean, we're not getting ourselves quite so involved in these people's wars at the time. Yeah. It's not quite so. Like, no. It doesn't look quite no, as no, charming but, no, but, but, by 1970, you know? No, like, but there, there was definitely, you know, a Red Scare. This is during the yeah. Red Scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Right? And so definitely. people... People kind of like now we see, you know, we, we've talked about this before. You see people see racism and everything. Back then they saw communism and everything. And it was the same response. It's like go censor it, you know. And right. so that's what they did. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about how guys like Trumbo and mm-hmm. anybody who was involved with the blacklist, blacklist and stuff like that are considered, I would think, by people on the left to be like heroes. Yes. And I kind of respect that. Like yeah. I'm like, yeah, they, they, were, they were denied the right to freedom of conscience, you know, they weren't allowed to write things. Yeah. I don't agree with necessarily all the content of what they were writing, mm-hmm. obviously. Sure. But I would have supported their right to do it. And then I'm like, but then you're turning around and doing that to people that disagree with you and using prior restraint on their speech. Right. And how do right. you not see that that's a flip side? Of the, or do you just care that it's your team? I think you, that's... You don't seems, have any kinda, principles. Kind of seems, like, like, seems, seems like what it comes down to. It kind of huh? seems to me like it's just as, if it's my team, then I'm yeah, going to... Yeah, I, I don't know, care. I'm, if, right. if it's your team that's saying things, I'm going to yeah. make it illegal and I'm going to take your job right. away. And right. there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's if it's yeah. Trumbo, who's yeah. a communist, right. then he's a terrible put-upon uh, hero. Right, exactly. And I'm like, I kind of think you need to pick a principle there that right. you're going to go by. So that was kind of... Pick a principle, not a team, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I... Couldn't care less about these teams. I was thinking about how annoyed I am with Biden. Well, with, and you're right with, because with Afghanistan. So, right so here's now. like John Wayne saying that movie is un-American. We need to censor it. Right. Which is un-American. Exactly. Right. And and exactly. they shouldn't be allowed to write this stuff because it's un-American. But let's so let's not let them write it, which is un-American. Right. It's like yep. you know this this terrible circular logic that kind of goes nowhere. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you kind of have to. You kind of have to figure that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you're going to protect people's right to speak, you need to protect people's right to speak. I mean, obviously there are exceptions. Mm. I'm not. I'm not. I've had so many conversations with friends about free speech recently. I don't believe in absolute right to freedom of speech, but Mm. I'm kind of where Oliver Wendell Holmes and people like that are. Like, there's it has to be super super dangerous what you're Mm. saying. Like literally leading people to kill somebody or something. You, Mm. You don't have the right while someone's holding a gun to someone else's head to say shoot that guy. You know, that's not free speech. That's mm. a command to kill. That's it's different. And there's a line that's difficult to figure out. But it's, as I recall, it's it's about prior restraints. It's about saying certain subjects are mm. against the law to talk about. I do not believe in that. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of an exception Yeah, that, that somebody should not be allowed to say. I mean, like, for instance, in Europe, it's illegal to deny that the Holocaust happened. Right. I think you're a flaming a-hole if you say that. Yes. But you should be able to say right. dumb things, you yeah. know. It's just a, I don't really see why. Well, you know, it's, it's a more present danger in Europe. But you know, you know so. what's interesting is is right now the current um, context in which we're talking about, it, and we're not really talking about it, but we are talking about it. Sort of is yeah. is things like you know censorship from these private company companies like YouTube and, and Facebook and Twitter. Right, right. And uh, and we say, well, you know, some people justify it by saying, well, they're private companies. So, you know, they have a right to, to do that on their platforms or whatever. However, these theaters are private companies. That's exactly right. You know, and exactly uh, right. these, these, um, these studi- actually, studios. It's actually really good. These studios were private companies. It's and a really good model. Yeah, so exactly. censoring, I thinking censoring. thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, the, the studio is a private yeah. company and they're denying someone's right to work. They're yeah. not killing anyone. They're just yeah. saying you can't work for us if you say these kinds and, of things. And theaters wouldn't show the movies and I kind like of that. think that behavior is legal. 
on but the part of the studio. But it's not. It's still not but right, it's, though. It's not right. You know? It's bad behavior. Yeah. But it's it's not illegal. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This but is. But anyway, th- this let's have a, a drink. This is the because it's getting too serious. This is what happens when you. This is what happens when you don't drink on this podcast. Right. Wine of rice. Is We're doing wine of rice because there's no choice. I had. I got home. I, I got turned off of I ten. And had to drive up through Anthony and Mesquite. It took me like 45 minutes to get there. And uh, when I got home, this just wasn't chilled. So <laughs> that's what we've got. we got unchilled well, in, wine. In the words we're, going, Spartacus, we're going full Karen and we're drinking uh, wine with ice. How, how do you say it? In the wor- in, what did Spartacus say? What's the best wine in the world? Uh, the one that you have at home. The one that you have at home. That's, that's right. right. Well, so. unfortunately, in this case, it wasn't at home in my fridge. So <laughs> it's not that good. But anyway, it's nothing special. It's just a, um, a bottle of Moscato. Mm-hmm. I figured we're looking for something sweet uh, and white. And I don't know. I didn't get a chance to check the ABV on this. Well, we did the resin wine already. So we did the resin wine, which is a little more that. legitimately Greek. And I think most Roman wine would have been essentially Greek. But yeah. well, you know, cheers. Cheers. Oh, we should have learned a we should have learned a Roman cheers because this is pure Rome. Marcus Aurelius was writing in Greek, doing Greek philosophy. Although the Stoicism, I guess, but anyway, there was definitely a little more hybrid Roman Greek there. Yeah. This is all Roman. So. Well, he he wanted to be Greek. I mean, it was, it was yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I was going to say that. I didn't want to throw him under the bus, but yeah, I, think, I think he would have rather been Greek yeah. than Roman. Spartacus and all the characters in this, especially in Republican Rome. I think they're real Romans. You know, I think the Republican Romans are the real Romans. I think when the yeah. empire comes, I yeah. think it gets depressing. I mean, it's right. de- it, you know, honestly, that's something that I've always been fascinated with ancient Rome, sort of like thought it was super cool when mm-hmm. I was a kid and mm-hmm. stuff like that. This aspect of this film, which is 100% correct and an accurate depiction of that society, mm-hmm. it was a terrible slave society. Yes. It was a Absolutely. nightmare for a lot of people. Something well, like 20 about, or 30% we, yeah. of the people living in the Roman Empire would have been slaves. And it wouldn't matter how, what percentage anyway, but it and was millions were, of people. And the Romans were terrible um, to other people. I mean, they were they treated yeah, them like, yeah. like, you know, nothing. Yeah, yeah the, the morality of people in those days, I think it's fascinating. I think we end up being fascinated by it because we read these accounts of these noble people, these elite people, and it's great writing and it's great speaking. The political stuff is brilliant. The legal stuff is brilliant. The battles are fascinating and stuff like that. But boy, like the undercurrent of what's going on in their society is just nothing you'd ever want anything to do with. I'm not sure a person, we think of it, you know, like you learn when you're a kid, there's the Roman Empire, it falls in 476 AD, and then there's the Dark Ages, Mm -hmm. and then there's the Middle Ages, and oh, it's terrible because the Middle Ages is like, I think you probably would have been better off living almost at any time after the fall of Roman Empire yeah, as, a, as right. a normal person. Yeah. I just don't know what it would have brought you. It's well, a huge chance you're a slave, right? Huge yeah. chance that you die in one of these myriad wars. The problem, wars the problem was, the, the problem, like, I think with just human civilization is once the Roman Empire goes along, you get other slave holding societies. You know, um, the Middle East, um, Asia. I don't many, think many it's parts, anything Many new. parts of Africa. No, no. Slavery. I don't think it's, I, I think it's just a scale that's, I mean. All I'm saying is when you get somebody with, somebody who's strong <laughs> and yeah. has a lot of weapons and can muster an army. Yeah. That person is going to have slaves. You know, yeah, that's just sort of what happens in, in. It's almost making me want to like look into the subject. It's really a, kind of a fascinating subject because if you think about it, Egypt is famous for slavery, mm-hmm. right? A lot of us grew up learning that, that slaves built the pyramids, right. which is not true. Right. Um, I don't think Egypt was particularly characterized by slavery, not like Rome, and not mm-hmm. until the Romans and the Greeks came. I don't think ancient Egypt is a place where there's a whole lot of slavery going on. It did exist, yeah. um, but it's not in these kinds of numbers. 
And yeah, part, of, part of that is because so much wealth flooded into, I don't, uh, into, into Rome, Rome after yeah. it expanded. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if any, any And a lot other, of that wealth that, was that, slaves. And that might know, be so. the thing, is like the scale that Rome right. had. Because everybody that they would conquer, yeah. they'd either make them slaves, or if you're lucky, they would they would make you part of Rome. That came yeah. later. but yeah, nobody, nobody waged war so successfully for such a long time yeah. as, let's say, from about 300 B.C. to about the time of Augustus. I mean, the Romans were just... I mean... They didn't even have control of how much they were conquering. It was like one guy would conquer, and you'd be like, what do we do now? Like, yeah. Julius Caesar just came back with France and left yeah. it on the doorstep. Right. Like, what, what do we do with that? So right. it was one guy died out in, um, out in Asia Minor and just left his kingdom to Rome. <laughs> and Rome suddenly has this kingdom and tons of money and lots of people, and it's like, what do you do? There's these, this, this senatorial class that controls right. all the wealth. Yeah. They own everything. They take even more land. It really was... It really was a problematic society and, <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Not yeah. a good place to live for most people, but it still just holds a fascination for me. Right. I don't know why I never saw this movie before. I don't know what it is. I think some of these slow epics, they like drove me crazy when right. I was a kid. My dad would put them on. I watched The Vikings with Kirk Douglas when I was a kid. And it's like, mm-hmm. Vikings. I love Vikings. Right. Vikings are awesome. That movie bored me to <laughs> yeah, tears. That was pretty bad. You know, like... There's the one about Genghis Khan. There's just a lot of these movies that are really hard to watch when right. you're a kid. Yeah. Like uh, they just go on and well, on. They're, they're I think epics. I just dreaded this. I mean, they're epics. You know? Yeah, they're epics. You know. All right, Speak- so let's let's get to the awkward scene because we got to uh, get to the awkward okay. scene. Okay. Cut, cut out I, a movie. I was saving it for my biggest surprise. Actually, I, we can do biggest surprise now if you want. Well, if you're saving it, then let's so sp- let's biggest surprise doesn't have to be at the end. We can talk about okay. biggest surprise. Your biggest surprise. My biggest surprise of the entire film, uh-huh. by the way, is the fact that. I didn't really see anything particularly scandalous going on in that. It, it really was super brief. I don't know if I looked away for a second. Okay. It was a metaphorical discussion. Yes. The guy is his slave, uh-huh. and he's trying to seduce the slave. Yes. And I was like, I don't want to, like, suggest this, but you don't actually have to do that. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> you right. don't really have to convince sure. him. It's kind of benign as far as I, I really didn't. Obviously, by 1960s I was going to say, put, put yourself in 1960s. You know, but I'm considering a lot of the things I've seen today. It really right. just was like, I, if if but, someone hadn't told me what was going on, but in that's scene, what you have to do is you have to remove you yourself know? Yeah. from today and put yourself in 1960. You know, you just seen yeah. uh, High Noon, but I felt know? like it was left up to interpretation. Earlier in the day, you're watching Gunsmoke. Yeah. Later, you and the boys are right. gonna listen to the Yankees game on on the radio. And, uh, and and have but a beer. Wouldn't you just look at your son and be like, "Oh, it's just a non sequitur." What he's talking about? What's he talking about? Snails? I don't know. Well, I think it just. I think it just. I don't know. I think it was just too much for society back then, man. I guess so. You know, just really was a non factor. <laughs> I just really was not a oyster. Do you I eat, was like stealing do you myself. Eat, I was like, oh, do you eat God. oysters? Yeah. Yes, I eat oysters, master. Yeah. Do you enjoy oysters? Yes, I enjoy oysters. Do you eat yeah. snails? No, I do not, master. Well, I eat oysters and snails. Right, right, right. <laughs> <It's> like, okay, <laughs> that's good for you. And it's any wonder that he leaves like five minutes later. He's like, all right, yeah. see ya. Yeah, yeah, that was the only thing that really would tip you off in some <laughs> I mean, I think they're kind of putting. So the biggest shock was that it wasn't that big of a deal to you. No, nah, it really wasn't. I was yeah. I was expecting something uncomfortable to watch. And I was just kind of like, oh, they're just kind of talking about it in metaphors. and. But it was it was kind of weird. I mean, come I mean, on. There's more bathhouse scenes than that, you know, and they're not particularly yeah, hom- but they're homoerotic not, at all. They're but just they're, not, but guys. they're not trying to get on with each other. I mean, you know. Uh, I felt like there was a like a subtext between Caesar and Crassus maybe a little bit. There's a little bit of like okay, at, at least as much as there was in that yeah. other scene. I really was not. I didn't uh, see that one. I was I, not impressed by the 
the other one. The degree of gayness that yeah. I was expecting was much <laughs> higher, and I, I don't really. Very inoffensive, I, th- I would do think, you for like, anybody. Totally, Billy, do you like Gladiator films? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, let's see. My biggest surprise was probably when I went on a deep dive about Kirk Douglas mm-hmm. and Tony Curtis. Okay. Both very Jewish actors. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, I th- if I remember correctly, I think Tony Curtis is Belarusian. Kirk Douglas was Russian. Okay. Jew. Uh, both, I think, grew up, I think they're both from the Bronx, you know? Um, I was aware Kirk Douglas was Jewish. For some reason, I always thought Tony Curtis was Italian. No. I yeah, know. I know, right? I just kind of Kirk, associate him with, like, yeah. that kind of crew. Right. But. And uh, let's see, both served in World War II. Sure. Both in the Navy. Okay. One was a submariner. I believe that was Tony Curtis, was in a submarine. Kirk Douglas was in a submarine for 20,000 leagues, as we discussed. <laughs> right, right, you or 10,000 leagues. Had to kill a squirrel, uh, uh, what do you call it, an octopus yes, with yes, a harpoon? right, right. But actually, uh, but Kirk Douglas was on a submarine killer. He was oh, like he, he was like the weapons, destroyer. yeah, navigator, yes. submarine killer guy. Very cool. I mean, really cool kind of histories that paralleled each other quite a bit. Um, hmm. Kirk Douglas was an officer because he'd gone to college by that time. Uh, Tony Curtis a little bit younger, so he, he hadn't. Let me say this. This hmm. is an additional Surprise, which actually was kind of surprised by when I watched the movie. He loses his first fight, Spartacus. Yeah, he has oh. that duel to the death against right. the African guy, and right. he like loses the fight. I was like, okay, so that that was supposed to be wow symbolic. I think Trumbo wrote that. That was supposed to be symbolic for the civil rights movement I think that was so, going on yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So. yeah. And which was pretty cool. And I actually, that's one thing. So okay, we've been you know commenting negatively on Roman society, but. Racism, as understood by modern Americans, was not a thing. Right. I mean, yes, a Roman had opinions about Greeks and Ethiopians and and people from Cilicia and all different nations. But in terms of, like, thinking anything different about people of African descent, like people with dark skin from Africa, they did not have negative opinions about them. They were just one of the kinds of people you could be. It's interesting about the ancient world because I think that our attitude is always, like, as you go farther back in time, people's attitudes are just more prehistoric versions of ours. And the, the point I'm trying to make is their their beliefs were just so different than ours. They just weren't like ours. I think I think you know? so. But I, I think I think though, I mean they have proven that Homo sapiens massacred Neanderthals and other hominoids. Uh, my my and, DNA and, my DNA would argue against that though. And and I think it's because they were different and they were inferior and their cave paintings weren't as good as ours or whatever, or they're threatening. They're somehow threatening. I and think they were what, mostly threatening. Re- really, that's what it comes down to is we're threatened by them. Mm. So um, where were we? We were talking about... Okay, so so my, my shock, my, my biggest shock you, was uh, Kirk Douglas, Tony Curtis, uh, Parallel Lives. Okay, yeah, that's um, interesting. And it was nothing like... There are a lot of actors and actresses, well, actors especially, in that age that were Jewish um, that... You had no idea they were Jewish because yeah, they changed sure. their names. Sure. You know? And, I've heard stories they, about um, Kirk Douglas, uh, like, working up in the Borscht Belt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, must, it couldn't have been the Borscht Belt for the story to make sense. So backtrack a little bit. But anyway, working at, like, uh, resorts and things like that as a waiter when he was coming up, like, before mm-hmm. he was an actor, and going out of his way to seduce famously anti-Semitic women. Oh, really? And then let them know that he was Jewish. <laughs> yeah, Jewish, yeah. <laughs> like, at yeah, some point was, um, in their dalliance. So. But, you know, so it, it's, uh, is it surprising? It's not surprising. I don't know if it's surprising or not. It was just, it was really interesting to find, to look at their backstory, see where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably my biggest shock is just okay. the, the backstory of Kirk Douglas, Tony Curtis, 
Um, the oysters and snails, not so much of a shock to me. Yeah, you know? the, you, that was pretty much what you expected. Yeah, well, you know, it was, well, I had seen Clueless, obviously, so. I, I mentioned this before, but really struck me how much like Braveheart this movie was. Like, mm. I saw Braveheart a long time ago. It's funny how parallel it is. And the weird thing is, is that the story of William Wallace is pretty accurately depicted in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not, it does the, the threat of what happened in his life, but it's the same as what happens to Spartacus. It's like, he ends up sort of accidentally in charge of an army mm-hmm. and like, wins some battles and then loses and is like tortured to death in yeah, front of everybody. The, it's yeah. like the same thing happens. And it reminded me, <laughs> I was driving, I was on a bus going into Scotland and there was this great big, somebody had painted on the rocks, you know, like independence now for Scotland. Mm-hmm. And this guy I was with was like, wait, aren't, they're not independent? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's part of the United Kingdom. And he was like, well, what the heck was Braveheart all about? <laughs> and I was like, as it turns out, not much in the long yeah. run. Like they didn't end was up being w- in the- William the Bruce or no? Um, uh, Robert, the, Robert Bruce, the Bruce. Robert the Bruce, yeah. But they, I mean, they were independent for a couple hundred years after. Which by the way, does the Bruce mean something? Is the Bruce, is oh. being a Bruce something? Is that like you're a jerk, you know, you're I don't a macho? So. I don't think so. I think it's a family name. Oh, the don't Bruce. quote me on yeah. that though. I I think I looked it up once and no, it doesn't. Okay, it so doesn't I want to be Clint the Lanier. Yeah, uh, no, there there are a lot of a lot of parallels. Yeah. I can I can definitely see Robin that. Hood, Prince of Thieves, same thing. But I very think, similar like I story. Think, I think the story. You might remember this. There there was a an article. I think it was a Times article or maybe New Yorker within the last couple of decades that claimed there were really only six stories, like six sure. stories out there. Yeah. You know, and 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 the writer of this article lists like those six stories mm-hmm. like the arc that each of them takes you know protagonist this happens to him then this happens and then this happens sure or that you know it's like all these variations but only like six of them mm-hmm. and then he just started listing all the every movie every book every right. play that you've ever seen and they all line up with that so it's kind of and it's kind of like music music's kind of the same way there are it only seems so like many enough ways. stories i feel like yes yeah. You could probably condense things yeah. down to a small number. It seems infinite when you think of it, right? It's just like, oh no, there's a million. Yeah. And if you think about it, there. But they've got to they've got to go you know, one direction or another. Right. Right. I mean, you've got people like Quentin Tarantino, which kind of tries to break those a little bit. But I think you know, you, you get like Braveheart, and you get um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and you get some of these martyr hero movies, like mm-hmm. tragedy. You know, the tragic movies. The Patriot is the you know, same story. Patriot, same um, story. There's a whole bunch like this. Yeah, and and so so you've got this kind of tragic hero who he's an anti-hero in many, many forms because he's like Spartacus this. Spartacus isn't. I, that's one, I, I that's think one of I the think, complaints you know, about the movie I, I saw was that he has like no flaws. Speaking of the, the bath scenes, mm-hmm. I was really happy everyone was wearing a toga. <laughs> like my first thought, I was watching, like I, they were getting out of the tub and I was like, why is he putting on a toga at the bat? And I was like, well, thank you for that though. I really don't need to see like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's they probably. Definitely, they definitely would have showed that. However, Gene Simmons in the pond, you know, like she's swimming. Yeah. I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Because they got yeah. really close to like. Yeah. Like she's definitely in skin. a state of undress. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I was really happy about was um, he asked Tony Curtis to sing. Antonis, yes, Antonis yeah, yeah, to sing, yeah. and then he just starts talking. I was like, "Oh, thank God! I thought he was going to sing." <laughs> right, like, break out his lute. Yeah. It's like that moment in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where the guy starts to sing and he cuts him off. He's like, "No singing, no, <laughs> no singing." singing. I was no like, singing. "Thank you." Thank you know what? You. you know what else? Parallel what? the baby. At the end of at the end of Braveheart, she says that she's pregnant with with uh, Walls' okay. child. Okay, and at the end of Spartacus, she has the child and shows yeah. it to him. And yeah, he's, I he's, mean, he's going to be raised free and stuff. It must have been. That's the weird thing is it seems like they just ripped off. The movie Spartacus to make Braveheart. I even think Mel Gibson is like doing a Kirk Douglas impression. I think he kind of does that. I still can't find out what he's what what he's in. He's there's he was in too many things. Lawrence Olivier, yeah. yeah. 
He was just in everything. Yeah, he's just famous. But it's kind of like one of those, like Rudolph Valentino. After, for some reason, after watching this and I was reading up on everybody, I was like, Lawrence Olivier, like, why the heck is he so famous? And I mean, I you think know, he won Academy Awards for his Shakespeare stuff. Yeah, like, the, Henry, the like fifth, Shakespearean type of stuff. I actually like, kind of want to go watch that. Then I started wondering about, like, why was Rudolph Valentino so famous? Yeah. And it's nothing I, we watched today. That's I funny. looked him up. It was all 20s, like The Sheik, I think. It was mm-hmm. like a, a silent movie he was in. But then but as soon was, as the talkies came, he was done. But he was supposed to be, like, so good looking. So I showed him to to my 14-year-old daughter, who should have a taste for the aesthetic. And she's like, ugh, who's that? I mean, that's 100 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, things she's like, he doesn't even have black, you know, fingernail polish. So we went to, um, I went to uh, Ford's Theater. Mm. And oh, yeah, yeah. And the National Park Service gives out these little, like, baseball cards type things of like all the characters involved with the, with the Lincoln assassination. Mm-hmm. And I was like flipping through and there's this one guy who was one of the bad guys in the assassination. And I was looking at him, I was like, this guy looks like a male model from like <laughs> now. And I was like, I was like, is this one of the, and, and the park ranger was a lady. She was like, oh, he's a dish, isn't he? And I was like, I was like, oh, this one looks wrong. Like I'm flipping through. It's all these civil war. Was, he, sm- was he smoldering? Is that what it was? I don't know how to describe it, but it just looked wrong. Blue steel. It was clean shaven uh-huh. was part of it. And just had these. He just looked like Blue Steel, exactly like one of those guys. <laughs> right. It was very, it was very striking. Like even for a guy, I was like, "Wait, what is going on here?" Like funny. There's a bit at the end where everybody's saying, "I'm Spartacus." I'm Spartacus. Oh, we should talk about that because I had questions about okay. that. But there's one of the guys that yells, and I was like, "Was that uh, his part, Frank Drebin's partner from Naked Gun?" And because it looked exactly like him, and I looked at the Wikipedia page and it was like, many people believe this is the first <laughs> appearance of actor George Kennedy, but it's actually a completely different Not guy. Because okay. I, I was like, I couldn't figure out why would he let them do that? Like, it's like five thousand people get crucified instead of just you, and then you get crucified anyway. Why would you? It I didn't seem I, very heroic. It just seems super dumb. Well, to I me, think to have all rem- those people die. Remember that he told them better to die free than to live as a slave. Yeah. So all these guys are dying free, like. Like why crucified is though? I think I'd rather be a slave. That's that's <laughs> bad news, man. That's they crucified, if I remember correctly, six thousand people. Something like that. Yeah. Um, from there all the way to Rome. Yeah. Like along yeah. the both sides. Almost along all the, the way to Brundusium that, to Rome, which is like two hundred miles yeah. or something. And that was real. That really happened. Yeah. I this think dude crucified six thousand yeah. people. That is six thousand guys. I mean, and I don't actually oh know what the historical source is for Spartacus now that I think of it. I think it gets mentioned I think it's a few. in Cicero. I think some I, of Cicero's works he's talking about. I think about. it's a few. I think it's it's yeah. it's a few different. It's kind of like Marcus Aurelius. We had to, they had to piece yeah. it together from. It's amazing how references. little we have. Right, like everything a lot you, of that. Huh? Everything you know about yeah. ancient Rome, it's always like you realize there's like two sources yeah. that talk about this thing, <laughs> right. and and it's like they're completely right. different. So you're like. Well, no, kind of the same, of well, seems... it's kind of the same with a lot of that Egypt and oh, absolutely, and, and oh yeah, yeah definitely. Did, did this actually like change your mind about gladiator movies? Did it change? I I love Gladiator. Like yeah. I, I I mean, it's not like something I go back and watch a bunch of times, but I thought yeah. that, I just the Rome is cool. I just, Are there any parallels between the message, like the symbolism or the message that the two movies have? I it seems like there there um, is there is in terms of. It, and I think it's kind of not correct in Gladiator, but there's a lot of wanting to go back to Republican Rome and give power to the people. Right. That story is in both of these movies. Right. Um, I don't know how much of an anachronism it is by the time of Commodus, which is like, what, 200 AD? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that'd that be the common theme, I would think, would yeah. be getting the power back to the people. And, and that's what I was saying about the, it being this really kind of horrible society is my take on it, my gut is always, it's such tragedy, like the fall of the Republic and like the beginning of the Empire. 
but it's just like the life was a nightmare. But for the, even, almost everyone who but even cares, the, even they were you know? terrible. I mean, we talked about this before about like Aristotle. Aristotle was preaching virtue and all this other stuff, but it was virtue that was exclusive to oh, Athenians, right? Um, I, mean, I mean, it was no, because he's not even really an Athenian. But it was it, it was not it was, virtue for anybody that they conquered. It wasn't virtue for the slaves. No, no. It wasn't virtue. No, he believed you know, in slaves wholeheartedly. Exactly. Aristotle so, I mean, argued in favor of. Slavery. He was talking about yeah. virtue that we all share this virtue. Well, no, we don't all share this. What virtue. he means is, yeah. you know. People, certain men yeah. of a certain class, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's always, so it's kind of, always. It's, it's kind of the same thing, yeah. you know? I mean, some of these famous Greek people we know, like Plutarch and stuff like that, they mm. were slaves. They were Greek slaves because Greek was con- Greece was con- conquered in the second century and mm. a whole lot of Greeks came. I think Antoninus is supposed to be mm. Greek. I think it's about that time. Okay. You think? I think so. Make this decision? I think so. So um, uh, it's up to you. This is my oh, choice. It is up to me. Now, I thought it'd be a little more interesting because both of us are, or I'm coming to it fresh. Uh-huh. So I'm not. I didn't come into it like biased and like already thinking it was. A I, you classic. know, I had like, seen it, but God, I, I saw it so yeah, long ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's kind of what I figured. So I sort of think, you know, you'll get the deciding vote, but yeah. I have more to say about whether it's a classic because I didn't come in like, oh, this is my favorite. Sure, movie, you know? sure. I just wanted to fill in this gap in my film education. So I guess you know, I really need to like standardize how I figure it out because I'm really. To- I got to admit, I'm really torn. You know, this didn't win. Academy Award for like Best Picture or anything that year. I can't remember what did. Do you know this is the only film where one of the actors in a Kubrick movie won a Best Actor? Or but it was Best Supporting. supporting. Best Supporting. Yeah, that's but interesting. It's the only time it's the only one, all yeah. all those films. Like yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio didn't win Best Supporting. Yeah. And Full Metal Jacket. For Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, that's right. How does that not happen? And uh, Five years later in his career, he would have won. You know, but What's was, his name in, uh, in uh, Clockwork Orange? Um, yeah, right. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm yeah. McDowell, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you could see why it would have been like kind of scandalous. <laughs> I don't know what they were up against also, but Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Who um, who 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 was as good of a performer that year as right. Malcolm McDowell was in that movie? Maybe maybe somebody. I, actually, it might have been Sidney Poitier. No. For Guess Who's Coming Guess to Dinner. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, yeah, maybe. Or maybe it was or, even Spencer Tracy for Guess Who's Coming. I think a whole bunch of people got nominated because that's pretty good. So, yeah, so, I mean, you got that. Um, Warren Beatty for Bonnie and Clyde. That actually was a big year. I think it's 67, if yeah. I remember right. Well, 60, though. I wonder what, what got No, 67 best, for Clockwork Orange. But I wonder what got Best Picture in 60 this oh. year. Oh. Yeah, it was critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been kind of in the middle on, on, on uh, with critics uh, from what I've read, like, yeah, they're like 80s, 70s, 80s, but they're not like 100% or something like that. Um, for the time, though, I mean, it was it was kind of like smashing, you know, uh, some ceilings that were that were kind of artificially created. So like the blacklisting was was gone because that's of this movie. That's a big cultural moment. Yeah, that's yeah I mean, there's a lot of symbolism for Civil Rights Act for, um, you know, for the the whole kind of communist um, McCarthyism, anti-McCarthyism stuff going on at the time. Uh, yeah, so boy, that's really important. That's one thing. If you're John Wayne and you're looking at this picture, which is about a slave-holding society, yeah. and you're seeing a metaphor yeah. for, like, like... Communism. Communism and yeah. stuff like that, you might want to ask yourself some questions. Right. You know what I mean? Like, why right. am I identifying with the slaveholders <laughs> yeah, in this the, movie? The Romans, like, yeah. Now, I think it would be a better metaphor, and I'd be much more sympathetic to it if it was depicted as, like, the colonialism, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the way... In 1960, you got all, none of these countries... That, almost none of these countries that became independent during the 60s were independent yet at the time of mm-hmm. 1960. These independent struggles against colonialism, colonialism 
would have been happening at that time. Yeah, well, no, the, you know, Franco, like, yeah. The, in terms of communism yeah. within the United States, I think it's a yeah. pretty ridiculous metaphor. Yeah. Nobody yeah. in the United States French is French Indochina at the time was Well, that's, you know, I think that's how we got so screwed up in Vietnam is because we ended up on the side of the colonialists. Right. We, we yeah. had no business there. We didn't want to be colonialists. Right. But that's how they saw us. Yeah. Which is pretty understandable, frankly. True. Um, but that, that's a better metaphor. Yeah. You know? And if and if you're on that side, and you're John Wayne, you're So you got that. Questions, so like you said, I mean, you know, we always look at what's its legacy, right? Right. And look at all the movies that that this thing influenced. Right. We talk about Clueless, but we also talk about Braveheart, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about Airplane. Right. You know? Right. 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 <laughs> Uh, but we could also talk about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I mean, there's all these things that somehow can trace their roots back, or at least one, you know, nod or reference back or to Spartacus, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Lawrence Olivia, Kirk Douglas, Tony Curtin, Stanley Kubrick, all this stuff. So, and I'm on the fence, but I'm going to say I'll say yeah, it's a classic. I'm going to toast okay. this classic. Okay, I'm, I, I'm on the it. fence as well. Yeah. Yeah, the melodramatic stuff, yeah. like that, know, that almost a lot of impressive that, that spectacle almost, going almost on. Almost ruins it. The, it the does melodramatic kind of, stuff. It really drags it down. But you know what actually does um, really make up for it, though. I think the stuff with Gracchus, yeah. the politics of Rome. Yeah, and I, ju- not even just and and, and those the British guys just chewing up the scenery. But the just, dialogue, yeah, they're, they're the great. dialogue, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna toast it. All right. Let's do it. Let's toast right. this classic. Hold it at the stem so we can get a sound. All right, all right, all right. Get all some right. more resonance. Cheers. There we go. Not bad. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We have toasted this classic. I'd like the uh, the heirs of Stanley Kubrick to know that this movie has survived the gauntlet That's right. that is toasting the classic. It's a sign sealed and delivered. You can go out and watch it yourself and, uh, yep. and take our word for it. Next on Toasting the Classics, we are going to examine anything. the Beatles. Ah, okay. And we are going to look at their seminal hit. Their, their, the record that, that now they were already a thing. The Beatles right. were the Beatles. Oh yeah, definitely. But this put them over the top. This put took I them so. this took them from celebrity from 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 genius to I don't know what you would even call it to another plane, another realm of existence. And that's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Just to preserve the drama, I'm going to say I, I think it's crap. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we're going to we're going to listen to Sgt. Pepper's he is Lonely the Hearts Man, Club ladies Band. Ladies and gentlemen, and, and uh, we're going to Talk about that next time. That's right. So join us next time on another episode. And of I think we'll be uh, the the, cl- the uh, huh? we'll be doing heroin. Yes. So, yeah, no, for the next episode. Hashish. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, hashish. I don't know yeah. what they were doing, but they were yeah, doing no, something. Well, it had to be like old school. Right. We have to actually go to Istanbul to get it. And come there back. Go. There you go. So not uh, end up in a Turkish prison. <laughs> hopefully not. Right. That'll be a different move we can do. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next time on Toasting, Toasting the Classics. Classics. Peace out. That's it for episode 22 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, you'll need cognac, creme de cacao, and fresh cream for next week. We'll be drinking Brandy Alexander's while talking about the 1967 Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know whether you like movies about gladiators. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @attractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics.